my dreams and into my car it is time for the people's pitch podcast <laughs> this is the one the only official podcast of your minneapolis city soccer club i am nate and i am joined as always by the other half of this here soccer hive mind john bizworm john are you ready to rumble i'm ready to rumble man i'm, I'm excited about today's show you know we're we're gonna be covering uh Covering an interesting fella and uh, bringing someone new that's uh, not not known around these parts uh, in theory uh, in the soccer game. So I'm super stoked about today, and and it also finally gives us the opportunity to do what we said we were going to do like a like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, and, I feel and, bad. And, We've been kind of eating like egging not egging him on, but leading him on. Yeah, but we, we're finally we're finally getting uh, getting uh, one of, one of the guys in that I've been looking forward to talking to. So I'm stoked. Nice. So just because, folks, we are deep in the off season doesn't mean that we don't have a great show. Uh, we're joined by another great soccer mind to join the hive mind. His name is Fletcher Sharp. But first, let's touch briefly on the adventures that three Minneapolis City players have been on in this past weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Miles Stockman-Willis and Trey Benhart heading to the NPSL showcase. And we got to mention Brandon By and the MLS Combine. Yeah, absolutely, Nate. You know, I think we'll we'll start off with Brandon a little bit. You know, he's been getting a lot of publicity since playing with us this summer, and you know, we'll take all the credit, but we know that uh, he's <laughs> the one that has been doing all of it. Uh, uh, Brandon will, participated in the MLS Combine for uh, the MLS Draft Combine over the this past uh, weekend, and was off the charts as far as his performance. Uh, started both games, uh, I believe, went the full 80 minutes in each game. And uh, not only did he, he perform admirably at, at right back, which is where he's projected in the um, in the draft, but also uh, off the charts when it comes to kind of the, the physical tests that, that he went through. Uh, I believe finishing in, in the top 10, if not the top, for all of the physical testing. So awesome for Brandon. You know, the draft's on Friday. I'm sure he's, uh, he's just letting out a little bit of pee, a little bit nervous. Uh, as he finds out where his soccer future is going to be. And hopefully we can say uh, by Friday that we have produced a MLS player out of our system. Amazing. So, so but the other the other half of, uh, of this topic is the MPSL showcase that, that went on. So for those of you who don't know, this past weekend was also the MPSL uh, league showcase where um, it was in Orlando, Florida, and the Crows were blessed to have uh, our very own Trey Benhart and Miles Stockman-Willis selected to participate, and we actually uh, will be having one of them on the show next week to tell us a little mo- more about what went down, so stay tuned for that, but a little bit of detail to whet your appetite before we get to next week. The showcase itself is comprised of uh, four regions, north, south, east, and midwest, with each team having around 20 players, and then each NPSL team was able to nominate up to three players that were under the age of 23. Uh, they didn't want us trotting any 40-year-olds out there, so I didn't get the invite. Um, but uh, <laughs> then, there, then they kind of went to a committee that selected the the top 20 players for each region. So having two players out of the three that we that we had nominated it, uh, was was pretty good because not a lot of teams got players in in general, but also didn't get more than one in. So uh, hats off to Trey and Miles for their their great seasons that they had this this past summer. They're um, at the showcase. There are scouts in attendance from MLS teams, USL teams, and uh, some foreign teams that, that came into the mix, as well as uh, I believe um, potentially some NASL folks as well. Depending upon how what happens with that league shaking out, uh, yeah. it might not be. It might be a moot point, but they were in attendance as well. So um, you know, I'll leave you with this nugget to chew on, so you come back for and listen next week. The Midwest team with Trey and Miles made it to the finals. Of, of the round robin with one of them scoring the lone goal in the run of play in the final. So stay tuned uh, for next week's show as we dive deeper in and learn more about the fantastic opportunity our guys were uh, able to take a part of. Tonight's guest is coming to us all the way from Detroit. He has been covering soccer in the NPSL for a little while as a journalist, and rumor has it he is uh, a dangerous winger. 
on the men's league pitch. We're happy to finally welcome Fletcher Sharp to the show. Fletcher, how are things in Detroit? Uh, I'm not dangerous at all, actually. Like, <laughs> set the record straight. I don't want someone to like say, come play with us. And I get out there, and my first touch is like a pass right to the defender. Because, like, you know, it's too much to live up to. But, all you right. know, it's, a, it's, it's good. It's a Midwestern winter here, so, you know, it's... You gotta just wear clothes, and you'll be okay. Yeah, well, that's right. you know, you know, danger actually could have another meaning to it, and not necessarily <laughs> that you're you're dangerous on the ball. You could just be a danger out there, like I would. That's be. actually really fair. We had a we had a guy who used to play with us who was a goalie, and for like one game, we moved him up the field to midfield. And I'm not complaining because I scored off the play, but like he went up there to go challenge a ball, and he just went took out four people the ref was just too stunned to call a foul he just looked there like what's going to happen i just took the ball and scored and i was like are you okay like i'm like i want to celebrate but are you okay first like could you all look really hurt you're good in my traditional somersault ran to the center circle so you know <laughs> nice that nice. guy well for um fletcher our paths crossed uh almost two years ago to the day when you you invited dan hudeman and i onto your show the outer drive to talk about Minneapolis City, and if I recall correctly, it was kind of a, a beautiful mix of serious soccer talk, and then it quickly went down a path of inside jokes and complete nonsense uh, before closing out. Uh, is that kind of how you remember things happening? Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of was our our shtick, where it's like we want to inform you, but also like you're gonna get some jokes. Like that's gonna happen. Um, stuff is gonna happen to where you you know you're gonna laugh or you're just gonna just have a really crappy face when we're just making fun of you. So, like, you know, we were appreciative. We're like, these guys get it. We like these guys. <laughs> well, that's good because you're going to kind of pick up the same uh, the same vibe from uh, from our show here too. So for, for listeners who don't uh, know you from Adam, why don't you give us a, a little bit of your, maybe your Wikipedia page elevator speech on, on who you are, what you're currently doing. Um, you know, have you lived in Detroit your whole life? How did you come up in the soccer world? How did you end up um, as a guy who covers soccer and, and records a, a podcast? So, all right, I'll, I'll give a bit of a truncated version. Uh, I have lived in Michigan for almost all of my life. Uh, I played soccer up until I was 12, and then I had a choice between soccer, American football, and karate. Um, and I chose American football because I was like, hey, I'm a quarterback, I'm going to get all the girls. And then I went to a <laughs> high school that was great for education, but not the best for sports until I graduated. Now they're, like, great at sports. But when I was there, if it was a non-contact sport, we were great. If it was contact, we were typically terrible. So I went there, played quarterback, got beat up, and was like, man, this sucks. Then I went, I ran track in the spring. My last year was All-State, honorable mention. Went to college, ran track for one year, decided it wasn't for me, that I got hurt. Um, my father was like, hey, you should, cover, you should cover sports. It'll give you a way to watch sports while you're doing stuff, you know, not lose sight of stuff. Then, that year after I got hurt, I was kind of dejected. A friend of mine uh, named Max, people might see him on Twitter as Tired Historian. Max is like my guy. Sometimes he says some stuff that I think is over the line. That should let you know that I it's definitely over the line. Um, <laughs> and he was starting, he was part of a league in Detroit called the Detroit City Football League. And he was like, hey, man, you should join our team, Midtown. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe. I'll think about it. And I missed registration by a week. But that kind of got me back going towards, like, soccer. I know in high school when World Cup 2006 happened, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I missed the sport. But also, I'm you know, girls are looking at me get crushed. But they're looking at me, though. They wouldn't be looking at me if I was midfielder for our team. Because we'd be getting crushed there, and, you know, they want to see you get crushed with shoulder pads on. So, <laughs> so I uh, started writing for MLive, which is a the largest Michigan uh, news website covering soccer. And I got a gig covering the Michigan Bucks, who, if people don't know, are one of the most dominant PDL slash amateur teams in, like, the history of amateur soccer, which... People don't want to admit because fans don't come to watch them because their owners made it very clear. He does not really care about the people in the stands. He cares more about the product of the field, mm -hmm. which is a really weird pitch. But, hey, you know, whatever works for you. I covered them for a season. 
in lives like, hey, new teams coming up Detroit City FC, why don't you watch them? And, you know, that kind of started where I am now. Now I uh, actually currently write for the NPSL through Midfield Press, which is a great website for all your stuff that's grassroots, amateur, et cetera, et cetera. If you're looking for stuff about soccer that's, you know, not dealing with all MLS or all whatever, all Europe, definitely hit up Midfield Press. I know it's a shameless plug, but, like, hey, people need to read. So why not (laughs) read us? Uh, So, yeah, that's really what I'm doing now uh, because – that's that's really it. I don't really have a reason why. That's that's it. <laughs> so, um, like I mentioned, our our, our paths crossed uh, when when you were doing the the Outer Drive uh, podcast, and I know it's no longer. Do you kind of care to go into it? Uh, kind of what happened there at all, or is that is that a touchy subject? Not really. At, if you'd asked me like right around the time John and I made the decision, I would have been like, man, how do I email a punch? But like now, it's like. <laughs> Now it's like, yeah, so what happened was, um, to be super candid, John and I, around this time two years ago, John and I, uh, actually it's a lie, around two, about two and a half years ago, John and I did an interview for this website, uh, Model D Detroit, which is, quote, Detroit's largest online magazine. I don't even know what the hell an online <laughs> magazine is, but like, right. whatever, it's the largest of that. So we did an interview like, with the guy. Physically the largest? I don't know. I really, I really have no idea. Like, I looked at the tagline, and I'm like, do you know you, like, get emails from people, and they're like, hey, this and this, and you're like, okay, this is spam. Like, this is definitely spam. So I got an email from a guy who was like, hey, I want to interview you for something for your podcast. I was like, spam. And I hit up John, like, see the spam letter, spam letter I got? He's like, I got it, too. And I'm like, oh, spam doesn't work like that. Like, it usually is, like, at one thing. It's not like, hey, you get it this time. You get it, like, four hours later. I was like, okay. Let me open it and look at it. So we did an interview with the guy. I thought it was kind of fake or whatever. I thought it would be small. Lo and behold, like, the January of the following year, we did the interview in, like, November, October. I'm driving to work with my father, and hopefully I don't get bleeped out for this, but, like, driving to work with my oh, father. Oh, we don't bleep. <laughs> great. I'm driving to work with my father, and I log into Facebook because, you know, m- you know, millennial Facebook. I log on to Facebook, and I get a notification, and it's like, shout out to this other guy and Fletcher for this work. And I was like, what? And I clicked on the link, and out loud next to my dad, just like, holy fucking shit. And he looked at me like, what? And I was ashamed, because you typically don't blurt that out loud. But Especially when article, you're working for your dad. <laughs> yeah. Article had been posted online, and John and I got the head picture. Like, we were the main picture for the article. And it was nuts, because we had to do, we had to do a... Uh, photo shoot in the middle of downtown Detroit in the cold, that's when I knew that it was for real. We had to do it in the cold, and I, being a, a, ja- a jackass, came out in a really big puffy coat, but I had, like, a t-shirt underneath, and he's like, can you take off the coat? So I was in, like, 20-degree weather, freezing, while John was, like, behind me, like, trying to bu- trying to uh, do a sombrero with the soccer ball. So I had to stand there and be, like, chill, while John kept messing up getting the ball in the air. So I'm like, dude, hurry up. Like, it's cold. Come on. Quickly. <laughs> so... That happened, and when it came out, everyone gave us a bunch of support. We felt really great. We are like, we're doing stuff. We're getting better. We're getting better on the way up. Um, and then John moved up to Frankenmuth, so we kind of stopped being in this. Frankenmuth, if you're wondering, is about three hours away from where we were. So it was maybe like an hour and a half commute there and back, so three hours total between us seeing each other. And it kind of put a, like a huge wrench in our show because we couldn't be in front of each other. We tried to do stuff. We tried to do it where we talked from a distance, but it kind of made the show lose its lose its flavor because if John and I were gonna like talk or like say, Oh, like maybe don't do that or don't do that, there's always a lag. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just yeah. editing the show, as you guys know, was like getting to be hell. And John and I's big agreement with the show when we first started was we're gonna do the show unless two things happen. One, we start to hate each other. Two, it stops being fun. And honestly, it stopped being fun. And we're like, hey, we'll push out three more shows. If if we still feel the same way, we're done. Pushed out three more shows. And I was like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. We tried to get it going later. As you might have seen, I opened up the Outer Drive 2 by myself. Uh, But it it felt weird. And 
Well, I think our podcast was great, and I think I was great, and I think John was great. I don't think that either of us should carry a show by ourselves. Uh, we're both not built for that, so we just decided to stop. Uh, I have some other stuff in the mix, not to like toot my own horn or stuff, but I have some other stuff in the mix going on with that. But like, without a drive, I love it, but like, it's dead, and it makes me sad that it's dead. But like, it needed to die because it wasn't fun, and I don't want to bastardize what used to be by just trying to carry on something with a name. No, that makes sure. total sense. Especially, like, and I get where you're, where you're coming from. Like, John, John and I used to be in the same room when we would do our podcast every time. Um, and it's a different vibe, but especially, but like like you said, you uh, you guys played off each other a lot. It was a lot of, there was a lot more tomfoolery, right? Harder to, right. Harder to improvise, harder to crack jokes when you're, uh, when you're kind of not looking at each other. Like, I have well, one distinct memory from the show, like, third episode, second, second episode, where we were talking about, like, going to the World Cup in Russia, like, a while ago. And he was like, yeah, if they offered you a chance to go and cover it, would you go? And I was like, no. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, dude, they're protesting their government. There's a dude who, like, nailed his nuts and nailed his nuts and stuff <laughs> to the parliament ground in front of the thing. And the look on John's face was like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> and, like, I had to get up and run away out of the room because I couldn't stop laughing about it. Like, I was like, this is, like, great. I enjoy this. He's like, I have to stop recording now because I don't know if we can say that and put it out and have people, like, not be upset. I feel like people are going to hear that and be like, what's wrong with you? Why would you say something like that? And, I mean, there was another part where my cousin was dating this guy who really, in all accounts, sucked. And he lived at the house of my cousin and I. And he started not liking our show because he was really bitter and he wanted to be a trombone artist who lived in New Orleans. And, like, he took him five years to play one full song, so that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> so, what, so, like, whenever, like, whenever we would like, record... like, podcast was, like, in the way of his, of his practice time? Whenever we would record, like, he would be loud. Like, we had one time we did an interview with this woman who played American football in London, England. So it's like, hey, our times don't match up at all. So we got to nail this perfectly. So she's like, I'll talk to you at this time, which was really like 10 p.m. for us. And we're like, look, we got to nail it perfectly because we don't. I'm not going to talk to her again for a while. So I'm not doing this at 10 p.m., you know, here. We're going to do this at the time that works for both of us. So while we're doing it, my cousin's boyfriend sees and promptly puts on, uh, what's that movie with Samuel Jackson, The Shark? Deep blue sea. He puts Deep. it on. He puts it on at the, at the highest level possible. What? So while we're talking, you can hear like the shark eating him in the background. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? So then later, we're doing an interview. We're talking to another guest, um, and he starts going upstairs and playing the trombone loudly and awful. So I, I text my cousin like, can you go talk to him, please? Because like this is really getting irritating, and I try my best to be polite to him, but he's just being an awful person, and I want to like. Just go drop kick him. But I can't do that because I'm going to feel bad for him when I hear the trombone playing because he's really terrible at it and, like, I want to pity him for something. So just, you know, hug him for the whole show so he can't raise his arms or something. Please. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't ask for much. So, like, moments like that where we weren't near each other and we couldn't, like, make eye connection and be like, you see this? You see this? It kind of really killed part of the show and the energy just kind of got weird and people could even tell... They're like, yeah, you sound like you're having really fun early, and now it just sounds like you're just pushing through it until, you know, it's over. So yeah. I don't, you know. Huh, that's too I bad, man. The tragic death of a podcast by a tromboner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. See, I should write a <laughs> memoir about it, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about your hometown team, Detroit City. Uh, some of us here in Minneapolis look to their fandom and their game experience is kind of the gold standard for like a member supported club. Can you describe what it's like to go to a Detroit city game for us? It, uh, I would not go on a windy day because if you do, and you sit across from the supporters section, you're getting all that, all that smoke in your face. Yeah. That's definitely a thing. And it even like they can the just point. blast smoke with impunity, right? There's no no regulations yeah, no. or anything, huh? They they can. Um, opposing opposing fans can, but they can. <laughs> um, and they all they all do. Uh, I will say this: the best the best way for you to view a game is if it's zero to zero, because if DCFC scores a goal at all, covered in smoke. And actually, 
they, when it gets to be the 85th minute, they like let off smoke bombs and everything for like continuous five minutes plus extra time. And actually, they're gonna they're gonna hate me again for saying this. It actually helped them score a goal <laughs> early last year. I um, saw that. I actually remember that. Against, they're playing against Milwaukee, and yep. they're up three to two. And all the smoke went off, and I typically in the 85th, 86th minute, I go to the field to take pictures while I write. And even the people in the field were like, I can't see what's happening. I can't see what's happening. The ball came into the box. The goalie made a save. He thought he grabbed it, but he instead he knocked it out in front of him, and Ford just poked it in. And I was like, I, the ref never stopped play, so you can't really you know, say it shouldn't count because if the ref keeps it going, it goes. But the ref should have stopped the play because I'm almost certain he didn't know where the ball was because he saw the team in Maroons and, like, celebrating. So, like, I don't I don't know. I know Milwaukee was like, hey, we expected to get blown out. We got a tie. We'll take the tie. But also, what the hell? But Man, if so you're, like, that's I mean, that's got to be super thick for it to it really. Is. Uh, it is. <sighs> they wear gas masks for a reason. Like, they <laughs> need to wear gas masks because if you don't, it's going to burn. Man. But it's it's if you are not, if your thought of soccer is just like oh it's a little sport where people come in here and you know they touch each other and they fall over and they're all dead and it's quiet and if it's zero to zero no one's making any noise, I'll say that if you come here you will not have that thought process anymore because whether you like it whether you hate it they're loud they're loud uh, they cheer for almost all the game the supporters section Northern Guard. They don't sit. They stand for almost all the game. Whether you like some of their chants, whether you don't like some of their chants, they chant for their team. They care for their team. They follow their team on Facebook. They follow their team on Instagram, yep. Twitter. They they care. It's like, oh, this one person, his kid is sick. They're like, hey, can we bring in some soup? Which normally I would think is creepy. But like they actually really care about like people. It's like a family. And the players appreciate it. And they're like, hey, I might not know you personally, but the fact you care... Thank you. Like, awesome. Um, and when it comes to support, when it comes to opponents, depending on who they're playing, you know, sometimes they're nice. <laughs> sometimes they're really, really not nice. I think it feels like even just on Twitter, they have a they have a tendency to be pretty merciless. Like today, yeah, when no. this, today didn't didn't the. Uh, Something got released, uh, and they the, all the logos or all the people in, in your division got released today, and they just went one by one down the down the list, and uh, <laughs> were tweeting out like how, how just that they're all chumps that they never tweet that they one guy they get fights when they come out one come to town. One guy, uh, Red, uh, who he and I are like we're on and off either we're like super close or like not. He took the picture and, we, and posted his own version. That has DCFC's logo, but the rest of the logos all have the poop emoji on it. So, <laughs> I'm like, that's creative, at least, you know. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. You know, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, like, um, it sounds like even the most like diehard United fan, like the 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 most diehard ultra, could learn a thing or two from from some of these dudes in the Northern Guard. But like, I guess my question is, how accessible is that culture for maybe less boisterous people? Or some, or families, or people that are new to the game that just want to check out what Detroit City is all about. So that's that's where like the line gets weird. Because growing up, I was not allowed to swear in front of my family like at all. Like yeah. if I even said "damn," my father is like putting me in a chokehold. He's like, "Nope, no more bad words for you." But today, uh, you'll see some kids like on the on the fan side and some kids on the supporter side with some of the chants that like really don't have words that I would have my kid learning at that age, but, like, they're like, hey, they know they're a part of the team, they know it's part of the chance, they know not to use these words, whatever. I'm like, hey, you're parenting, I'll never correct you for parenting, because it's not my job, but as long as the kids are happy and they're not, you know, being terrible, okay, you know, hey. So, they pride themselves on being, on being their version of family-friendly, and no one stops it. As long as, like, everything's going great for them, I have no problem. If, like, some kid goes from Northern Guard and, like, goes out to some old guy in the street he's like you fuck and i'm like hey like what is that but for the most part these kids are these kids like are, they're treated like adults and they act like adults so like i hats off to them for that totally i know if it was my kid though I'd be like hey why don't you wait a few years for you to join another chat about shit on that team below <laughs> why don't you like That's wait a... you know six years or something 
Yeah, I mean, we've been there, uh, Minneapolis City, a few chants that maybe you don't want the kids to the kids to repeat, but whatever. It's part of the game and it's fun. So we get it, we get it. Uh, so <laughs> this brings me to kind of the the what's probably the fiery, super hot button topic among Detroit soccer fans, and that is, of course, MLS to Detroit. Yeah, so with such, I mean, with this diehard Detroit City fan base, right, what do you think makes the MLS think that they can poach fans and get people in the seats? You want, like, an honest, like, honest answer to that? I mean, yeah, man, that's why, yeah. Okay, well, I, when you have a monopoly on something and you just, like, have done your best to strangle on any sort of competition at all, like, just the best chokehold, figure four, leg lock, whatever, <laughs> you think, like, hey, I can have that, too. Like, that's great. You built that. But I'm going to come take it from you, and I'm just going to throw money at your face until you say okay. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, Gores, uh, Garber, and most especially Dan Gilbert, like, they operate that way. Dan Gilbert's, like, monopolized most of downtown. Where, like, he came and took the Greek Town Casino, which used to be, like... Everyone knew the Greek town. It's like, come here for here. He named it the Jack, and we're like, this is terrible. I don't, I'm never going to call it that. It's still Greek town casino because whatever. But they thought, I'm going to come here. I'm going to take this money, say, you come here. I'm just going to throw it at your face until you say okay. Yeah. And I give credit to the Northern Guard fans at Detroit City FC, like fans who are not part of Northern Guard. They really like their team. Like, they really like their team a lot. So no matter how much money you throw at them, are they going to be like, hey, I'm, I might, you know, be a fan of this team. You might have a few people who like both teams, but you will never have, like, someone who's a fan of both teams. Right. You have people who are a fan of... Well, people... I'll take, take that back. You want to have people who are a fan of both teams. If they are, they're not, like, a hardcore, like, I'm wearing my scarf, I'm, uh, when the opposing team comes and I'm turning my back to them, sort of, fan. You won't have right. them for that. You'll have them, like, oh, I'm here to, like, have my Polite kids watch spectators. soccer. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have a stadium of polite spectators. Well, man, we I mean, see that kind of happening in, in our neck of the woods with Minnesota United fans where, you know, we're not going to turn someone away wearing a Minnesota United shirt who's going to pay their money to come watch us play. We're, we we appreciate the support, but, you know, I, I see that happening in a city like Detroit that that might not go over so hot with the, uh, the Northern Guard. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like mean, there's a difference, though. Like, the difference here in Minnesota is that the MLS took an existing team – basically and just bumped it up a level and kind of brought those fans with them brought the tradition with them things like that like in detroit the mls wants to set up a competing team like a competing club originally they wanted to like buy detroit city they're like yeah we'll we'll take you guys and move you guys up yeah and the owners were like no we don't really want that we're good thank you and that's when they're like all right guess what we're just gonna compete with you like i don't know if you know this or not but, like, the three Gs, Gores, Gilbert, and uh, Garber were like, we're going to try, or Gores and Gilbert tried to, like, buy a team name, Detroit City Soccer Club. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And it's like, that's literally the same thing. That well, should they, not pass. They... That's definitely not going to pass. Like, that's, what's your, what are your colors going to be? Like, well, they used red the, and, like, yellow? In their, like, concept art, they used your colors, didn't they? Yeah, they, they used some... Uh, they use they a use lot some, of stuff. They use some like they use some uh, some Detroit City stuff. They use some uh, Atlanta United stuff, and it was just like, you, why don't you just not do that? You know, just make rendered art that's rendered art. Don't take someone else's images and stuff and put it here because if they find it, if I'm gonna do that, I'll like maybe use like the Michigan Bucks or I'll use you know AFC Ann Arbor. I'll use someone who's like whatever. I don't care if you use it so much. I won't really raise much of a fuss. But it's like, hey, we're competing with you. Let's just use your stuff too. Yeah, that's going to end poorly on you. The part that's really terrible is it was a Detroit uh, agency that did it that like plays in the Detroit City, the Detroit City Football League, which is the amateur league. So like they know Detroit City very well. Yeah. So the fact that you did that looks even worse. So yeah. like I don't, you know, I, I don't know what was going through that guy's head. Uh, he apologized, but like I don't know. People are weird, man. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think, I think part of it, part of this whole Detroit situation is that just like they think it's like any other town where the MLS can just roll in, and like you said, throw some money at people, 
and create a soccer team out of out of thin air and people will thank them for it like there's I mean the part that really bums me out about it is which I'm sure you guys have faced too with Minnesota United being pushed up and then you have people who are like I'm going to root for them because it's professional so like it's whatever and it's like yeah but you still have a really decent team if decent potentially awesome team in our in your own city that's like literally about the same distance from you why don't you go support them? Lesser price, probably more fun. I'd be like, well, it's not professional, so I don't want to see that. And people always, people have said that to me multiple times, or they said stuff like that on Twitter. Really? And I'm not, I'm not like a, of course, I can't have like a favorite NPSL team because I write for the NPSL Midwest and it looks bad. If I'm like, I like this team a lot more than other teams, so then I can't cover them. That's yeah. what I was told. So let's, but, let's, let's kind of put the MLS to bed and let's talk NPSL. While you brought it up, like, what do you think you've, um, you've covered the NPSL, not just your division, but kind of all across the country, right? Yeah. For, like, what, do you, what do you think uh, it takes? Countries? What do you think it takes to be like a successful team in such a huge, diverse league? Uh, one, it takes, I think number one, most importantly, good scouting, really good scouting. Um, AFC and Arbor, when they first came out, uh, which based in Michigan, people thought they'd be kind of a joke just because there's another team here, Ann Arbor FC, uh, who is routinely terrible. They are just not good. <laughs> I don't know how they make it in the U.S. Open Cup preliminaries every year, but like they are routinely a terrible team. So I, I don't get it. Uh, if I can play on your team, your team's not that good. <laughs> That's like the end of that. But Dangerous winger. Yep. But so they they had a team. So we see AFC and Arbor. People are like, oh, they're probably they're probably going to be terrible, you know, whatever. But then scouting for them is like one of the best. I don't know his name, but one of the best scouts I've seen putting a team together. Their team is diverse. They have one of the best players in the Midwest, if not the entire league, in Dario Suarez. They have a great deep midfield. They have a great uh, defense. Same with Detroit City FC. They got players. Uh, from Coastal Carolina, who played uh, professionally at one well, not professionally, but played professional teams, academy teams in England, other places. So I guess number one would be scouting. You have a great scout who will get you some players who want to come play for you. You move from there. Secondly, I don't want to say attendance is everything, but your gate kind of doesn't matter because if you're not bringing in much at the gate, I'm not saying you have to be bringing in like 6,000, 7,000 people, but like at least 200 people would help. It would help kind of eat into your funds a little bit so you wouldn't be sitting there like, no one comes to watch us, yeah. but we still have to pay for all this because I don't run a team, but I cannot probably assume it's probably a decent amount of money to keep things running, and if less people show up than you think, you're probably going to be in the red more often than not, uh, which is why the Michigan Bucks surprised me because no one comes to their games at all, but yet they've been around for 20, 30 years. Uh, I don't really know what that well, I do know, but that's a different day. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think scouting, I think the gate. I think you need people to care. Like, if people care in your area, your team will be around. Zanesville made a team uh, three years ago. And, number one, I never heard of Zanesville before. Zanesville? Thing, Ohio. The first thing Ohio. I did when I Googled Zanesville was, like, the animals zoo, zoo breaking out, people, zoo, animals getting out, people killing the animals. And I was like, oh, oh that's not good. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> Should not be the top thing I search for when I do that. That's like, sad. that's like terrible. But like, they made a team. And I remember they, uh, they were talking, they were trying to, they are trying to like bring their team up and be more rowdy. Like the Twitter page is like, oh, we're going to fire off some jokes too. And they were playing against Detroit City for Memorial Day, or not, Memorial Day, that's during the summer. I think Veterans Day. Which one of those has ever done the soccer season for that one? Yeah. Detroit City FC had their camouflage jerseys to honor the veterans. And, like, Zanesville, like, started talking trash about their jerseys. Like, they looked so ugly. And, like, people were like, oh, no, those are for the veterans. And, like, whether you, whether you, however you feel, you don't talk about the veterans <laughs> because people will flame you for the rest of your right. in, online existence. So, literally, from that game forward, Zanesville did not send another tweet out. At all until they said that they were quitting their until they said that they were dis, dismantling their team that they were done and no one cared no retweets yeah. one or two likes on your post about how we're like disbanding our team no one cared so it's mm. like they were literally like a burp 
You don't want to be a burp. You want to be like a long, nasty, like fart that everyone smells. <laughs> if you're a burp, no one cares about you. You need All to right. have longevity. There you go. Okay. So well, like, so tell me, did the did the Zanesville team call themselves the Hunters? Because I mean, that writes itself. I don't. I they were. Oh man. I feel weird saying this because I actually have one player playing in NASL currently, or I don't actually have to lie because NASL is probably about to end. But, like, they had a guy playing professionally uh, last NASL season, Sergio Manicio. He went from Zanesville to AFC Cleveland to uh, Edmonton, I think. I'm yeah, not I sure. Was, I, think, I think it's Edmonton, yeah. But aside from that, I don't know much about them. Like, I know they were terrible. That's really it. I know they were not a good team. When your defensive midfielders lead you in goals by like far, that's like really bad. Um, but <laughs> aside from that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think they were like teal. I don't know what their team color is. Like I, if I, if you, if the media doesn't care about you, like that's another thing that's bad. Like I can't remember them at all. Again, they were a burp. We we wiped it from our mouths and it was gone. Yeah. So in your mind, what what role does the NPSL play in the American soccer landscape? Like. Is it best as a developer of young talent? Is it a place for local neighborhood soccer to flourish? Like, what's the what's the place that it uh, that it occupies? Just fourth division, or just the NPSL? The NPSL, but fourth division. Um, if you wanna, I mean, if it's the same. So if it's if it's fourth division, I feel like everyone thinks that fourth division is for developing players entirely. I think the PDL focuses on that a lot more, as you tend to see gates in the PDL, much, much lower, because people are like, hey, we have these kids here just to come play. Whoever watches them, watches them. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. I've never seen a fan group for a PDL team, like unless it was like a PDL U23 team. But I've never yeah. seen like a fan group of more than 80 people. I feel like the NPSL is 50-50. I feel like half the teams here are fielding a team that's like a minor league, AAA, AA team. I feel like other half are like, we're trying to develop players. And I feel like there's some teams that are in between. Like, you guys, you guys, City, Ann Arbor, uh, Chat, yeah, I guess, no, not Chattanooga. Uh, some of the California, some of the California teams, you're kind of in the gray area where it's like, we also are trying to make people watch us play, but also we're trying to make sure these kids get better. So when they go back to school, it's like, you have learned something with us. You can go take the next step in the pros. But there are some teams, kind of feel like Chattanooga does this. I love them. I love their passion. I love their stadium. But, like, you see, I've been covering the PSL for six years? I'm, wow. Damn. Six, seven years. And, like, there are players in their roster. I remember being there from when I started. So I'm like, that's not growth. Like, if this guy's still a contributing factor for you in year, like, six, seven, maybe, you know... I don't know. Maybe this is not you growing stuff. This is more of you just trying to feel the team for people to watch, which is totally yeah. fine, totally acceptable. I'm not saying that's terrible, but like maybe don't sell it as us growing our players to do better because your guys still here. Yeah, I mean um, it's it's one of those things where like you want to get you want to get your talent to come up and uh, and move on to bigger and better things. But if you've got you know if you've got a veteran or two, that's not. That's not terrible, but if all of a sudden you're feeling a team of, you know, 27 to 30-year-old dudes, you know, you got to put that development narrative to bed. It was part of the reason why when people early on with DCFC, like, had their first really great – their first year they were meh, but their second year they were great. They were the number one team in the league. Um, I think they finished 12 or 13 in a tie before losing in the Midwestern Finals to Erie, which was a shock to everybody, especially because they lost to 4-1 to Erie. Um, but when that year happened, people were like, they should go pro and do this and this and this. And I'm like, if they go pro right now, and also maybe not very popular with the fans, but if they go pro right now, all those fan favorites of yours are not going to be on the roster because all those people have regular daytime jobs. And that's yeah. totally cool. But you cannot be a professional soccer player for their daytime job. Unless, I found out, unless you play for Gibraltar's national team. Because... <laughs> and then you can all be the firemen, right? right. Isn't, like, isn't the team just all like... Civ no, civil servants. Their goal, their goalie's like a butcher as well as a goalie. Like yep. their midfielder's a police officer, and I'm like, well, well, would you rather like, take on like 50 people with knives or like face Jeremy's midfield? So like, kind of the same thing in my opinion, if you think about it, because you're gonna get beat up either way. 
but you know, I, 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 I like the teams that are like, hey, we're just trying to fill the team so people come watch us play. They enjoy what's happening. Their kids come watch us and learn stuff. That's fine. But if you're gonna do that, don't push it as like we're trying to grow, make these kids better, make them win here and here. Because you got a kid who joined you when he was 19, and now he's 25, and he's still here. He's actually lost his starting spot to some other kids. So, like, he's really not growing. I don't yeah. know what to do at this point. So, so, <clears throat> so, you, uh, so you mentioned, um, you know, the professional status. Um, you know, there's been rumors around Detroit City kind of seeking out that, that professional status and, and kind of outgrowing the NPSL. Uh, are those still kind of swirling around? And you know, if if so, what what changes would that bring for this team and and how their role plays in the community and and with the fan base? I think their fan base will grow if if this stuff happens. Let me take that back. If they join like you you uh, if they join whatever's left of the NASL or join uh, the USL, I think it'll grow a little bit. If they join like Nisa, I hate to say it. Until they get the accreditation and everything for that, I, it's really still like an amateur league to me. Yeah. And like, I'm very alone in that statement and I'm totally okay to wear that. But I feel like if they join a league that has like professional credential already, um, more people will be like, hey, there's a pro team here. It's not, some people will be like, it's not MLS, I don't care. But it's, some people will be like, it's a pro team. We're watching people that are paid to play and know what they're doing. When it's really like half the team from the year before, but whatever. It's people care about status so they see professional they'll let people say hey i'd rather you i'd rather put my stuff on your uh on the side of your field because it's professional people are going to come see it it's going to be less like this fun summertime thing and more like i'm a part of a professional squad i'm a part of this and this so i feel like it'll maybe i don't want to say inflate but it'll it'll help them grow a bit more uh, they're already growing. But to answer the question about them over the PSL, yes and no. Um, I think in terms of how they carry their uh, social media and in terms of how they carry their ads and how in terms of they carry their pedigree, sure. But I think a lot of teams have grown, have grown the PSL in that way because there are some teams that don't have any presence at all. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of really a mixed barrel for there. But, uh I don't know. There haven't really been much more rumors since then. Uh, they kind of want to keep it tight-lipped just because there's so much focus on it. That's kind of how Sean and Alex and Dave and Todd are. It's like the more pressure that's on, the more focus. It's like, hey, guess what? You just will find out when we find out. Yeah, I will say, I mean, though, when they were like, renew for your ticket packages, normally it's like, here's the, here's the NPSL schedule. Here's this and this. When it's time to renew, they're like, here's a ske- here, renew for your tickets for next year. We don't know we, where, no, season we're gonna, where we're going to be, but you should renew anyways. And then then soon after, it's like MPSL, definitely. But before, they're like, we don't know, so you have to just pay and hope that it's for pro or hope that it's for amateur. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <So. laughs> All right. Well, on to an even bigger uh, topic. This is, uh, this is probably opening a huge can of worms for you, but give us your pitch to fix the U.S. men's national team. Oh, God. Go! The garbage. <laughs> Just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> um, I, John and I, when we were allowed to drive, we had one post that actually got us the interview and everything that made us more famous and kind of turned us from a soccer pod to like a black soccer pod, meaning like black people, not like dark humor. <laughs> right. So, um, my honest opinion on how to on how to make the U.S. team better, it's not going to be like an overnight thing, but like you got to reach the people that can't afford your sport yeah that's really it you gotta whether it's you know coming into rundown towns and building soccer fields and you know trying to get kids out there to come play or whether it's uh you know i don't know but you you gotta you gotta reach those kids and i hate to keep harping on this point because i've made this point like seven eight nine thousand times but we if it comes to like it's playing against a team where it's like hey we're gonna play against Brazil, take away all their talent. You still got kids who grew up play. half of them grew up playing with, like, plastic bags and, like, half of a melon, like, between, like, <laughs> shoes. Yep. And you go against this kid who's been playing in an academy project for, like, a very long time and has no one to play with. I Perfect example of how I, of how I view this thing being not great 
is we have when I first started playing the soccer league that I'm playing in the Detroit City Football League. There's a kid who's like I played for Vardar, and Vardar was at the time a very prominent uh, soccer club in Michigan. It's now a fuse of another club, but at the time it was like one of the best three in the state. And this kid's like I played for Vardar for six years. I'm like, oh, you played for Vardar? He has to be really, really good. And he wasn't. He was very average. Like yeah. as much as his parents paid for him to go play soccer, he was very average. And it was actually embarrassing because I got better than he did. And my parents spent no money for me to play soccer. Well, there's a huge so, difference developing talent in in a creative, like, open style. I think even John has talked about a couple times, John, where you're saying, like, the best stuff you ever did growing up to play soccer was just go out in the backyard and, like, make games up. Like, developing right. that personal <laughs> sense of creativity, that, like, understanding what happens when you do this with the ball and, and what you can do with the ball. Tr- nine times out of ten, that's going to trump a system. That's why you're seeing some of these kids get better is because they're some some of these kids are going out there and just playing by themselves. Some of them are getting taught by people who feel that way. I know I covered a story a few years back where AC Milan was going to come build their academy in Michigan, and they the guy strolled up and he was like, "Hey," in his very thick Italian accent, he's like, "Hey, I'm going to build the academy here," and I was writing down notes from him talking. And people are like, all right, how do I get my kid to your program? He's like, get your kid to my program. It's going to be free. And all the parents are high-fiving each other, hugging, like, yeah, we're going to get trained by AC Milan people. He's like, there's a stipulation. If your kid's good enough, he'll be in the, he'll be in the academy. If he's not, he won't. And all the parents freaked out. They're like, what do you mean he won't be in the academy? What do you mean if, if he's not good enough? It's like, there are tryouts, man. Like, that's how it really works around the world, is you try out, and if you don't make it, you don't get to slide $20 and say, let me try again. It's like, you just aren't on the team. And yep. that's life. I had a friend who played, who's really, really good. He played in an academy in Spain growing up, and he got hurt. And people were like, basically told him, like, hey, man, either you got to get come back healthy or you got to grow four inches or we got to let you go. Like, we, we're sorry. There are people that are your size that are better than you. You either got to get bigger or get way better. He didn't either, so now he's back here. And, like, that's how life works in the rest of the world playing the sport. But for some reason, a lot of people who've played here are like, hey, I'm okay because I played here. And it's like, you're really not. Yeah, meanwhile, the clubs are the clubs are taking you because you got two grand to spend. And, hey, they could use the money. Right. And I even talked – I will leave the name anonymous. I even talked to a guy who coaches high school here. Who was like, I feel where when some of my kids are like, I play for this academy, I play for this academy. Because he's like, I don't think they're good academies. But my kid is a really good kid, but he's surrounded by garbage. Yep. And I don't think he's going to get any better if you surround yourself with garbage. Like, you think will think you're way better than you are. And you go play against these really good kids and they will crush you. And then yeah. you will be crushed you will not want to play anymore. So, U.S. men's national team, stop surrounding yourself with garbage. Just take it, <laughs> crumble it into one big ball, jump in the air, do like a nice little Jimmy Butler between the legs and just... Don't get in the garbage can. That's it. Start all over. So we are now to the point of the show where we bring in the world-famous Lupient Automotive Speed Round. The People's Pitch Speed Round is brought to you by the wonderful people in the Valley of Gold at Lupient Automotive. It's time to shake the winter salt off your jalopy and upgrade your ride so you can look sweet as hell cruising around the lakes once the cold weather ends. Head on down to Looping Automotive and get that pig polished up. Or screw it, just go buy a new car. Visit loopient.com for all things car today. Okay, Fletcher, so here's the deal with the speed round. Ten questions. You must, an- you must answer one before I can go to the next. First thing that comes to your mind. And um, we always ask everyone, do you need like a little break? Maybe get a glass of water? You want to stretch? Is there anything you need to do? Just just took a swig, uh, stretched my leg a little bit. I'm good. All right. Okay. Number one, a person who makes arrows is also known as what? That's funny. That's real funny. It's clever. That's what my name is. That's a Fletcher, (laughs) someone who makes arrows. Yeah. All right. Number two, this word has been used to define when you and or – an object looks nice, attractive, or as the kids say, fly. What is it? <laughs> the kids say that. Can you repeat that? This word has been used to define what you or an object, when you or an object looks nice, attractive, or as the kids say, fly. What is it? Dope. Uh, close. It would be sharp. So if you're following oh, along. Wow. Okay. Our, fir- wow. our, first, two, our first two questions. 
<laughs> Fletcher Sharp. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people who even listen to this show on a regular basis and come on uh, don't know what that don't know that we uh, we lead with the person's name if we can. Uh, number number three, uh, you're a soccer guy, as anyone with a pulse listening to this podcast can gather. Uh, but what's your first big soccer memory that you have? Um, <laughs> playing or like watching? Uh, either. My first big memory was the first goal I ever scored. Um, I was a center back when I was seven years old, and I went to clear a ball out of our half. And as I cleared it, I peed myself. And the ball <laughs> flew, flew, and we thought it was going to go over, and like it just died over the goalie's head went to the top of the net. And I didn't know whether to celebrate or not, because again, I had just peed myself. So I just kind of stood there, <laughs> like petrified. <laughs> That's my first memory when I think of soccer, is me peeing myself and scoring a goal. That's such an honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Uh, if you were a Minnesota resident, would you be a citizen or a catizen? I'm gonna. I, I don't. Oh, um, I don't like cats. That's all right. That's so all right. I, I guess a citizen. Nice. Okay. I'm all right. Cats. <laughs> so if you're if you're if you're picking up what we're putting down there, we have two uh, competing factions of our supporters groups: the uh, the the citizens and the catizens. Um So you fancy your, yourself not just as a fan, but a but a player of the beautiful game. What are your favorite boots? Um, the boots I'm currently wearing are now discontinued. Uh, they are the I forgot the name. The Nike 360. They're the ones that they made right before they made the uh, the boots for the, for the midfielders that look like a big old sock with no the little sleeve. What's the name? I forgot. Eh. <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> my favorite boots would be, I guess, if I had, if I can't think of those, would be the, the hyperventums, the silver hyperventums. Silver I like hyperventums. Them. I like them because they look really cool. They fit with our jerseys, and like, I feel fast in them. I don't feel like Neymar, but I just feel fast, and like that's, that's good enough for me. That's important. Look good, feel good, do good. Word. Uh, so. Number six, who is the most famous person you have in your soccer Rolodex? Phone number? Like phone uh, numbers or anything? Contact uh, info. Who's the person that's most famous that you can just pick up whatever means of connection and, and they'll pick up? In soccer or period? In soccer. Uh, it would be a tie between my homie, my favorite person I've ever met through soccer, uh, Antti Lankar, who... He's a general manager of RWB Adria in Chicago. Me and Ty between him and one of my favorite soccer writers uh, slash, like, moms, uh, Kelly Hapala, who does everything in the state of Michigan for soccer. She doesn't get enough credit. She's, like, the shadow puppeteer of, like, almost everything that touches soccer in the state of Michigan. So I guess one of those two. Uh, nice. Outside of that, I don't really – I have some friends of friends who – know some really great people but like i don't personally have their phone number and if, it's good i don't because if i did i'd be texting them all the time <laughs> like hey man can you come play for us like you're dude you're free this summer come on just come play yeah. a week or something <laughs> help a guy out That's all right no dangerous to know john <laughs> why is that nate oh because you ask everyone to play for us well, sometimes it works. Yep. <laughs> uh, number seven, everyone gets one of these. It's a would you rather question. Uh, would you rather have hands that keep growing as you get older or feet that keep growing as you get older? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> hands for like a really terrible reason because I always wanted to leave one of those big comical handprints in someone's face. <laughs> just to be like what'd you say like flop and like have like a thunderclap like just sweep through the room and that's it like that's it's terrible i don't want to do it once and i'd be like nah i'm a monster but like before that you know <laughs> i'm a monster well then big, not you know well then you have a reason to wear all those foam fingers when it's cold out that you have i wouldn't gloves. need it my hands are so big i just they'd just be warm like, you know, <laughs> uh all right number eight if humans brought about a Planet of the Apes-style extinction scenario, uh, 
Where were, uh, this is clearly a Nate question. If you, let me start over. Uh, if humans brought about a planet of the apes style extinction scenario, uh, where we're replaced by animals, what animal do you think would be optimally positioned to evolve into a really good soccer player? Well, I'm sure naturally people would say gorillas or monkeys. So like, I'm going to throw that answer out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the obvious plan. The actual planet of the apes answer. What's a clear animal? Clearly a Nate question, everyone. <laughs> I'd love to say giraffes because they're all legs, but also they're like prone to getting magged all the time. Yeah. So like, I would probably say a, uh, let's go like an airbutt situation. Let's go dogs. Dogs. Nice. All right. <laughs> Get you a nice, uh, a nice Tibetan Mastiff, one of those huge dogs and just kick it down the field, you know, have them just. No, it's in the net, you know? Mm-hmm. Just teaching some foot skills in the backyard. Uh, bite things, whatever. It, <laughs> number nine, if you won an all-expenses-paid soccer vacation to anywhere in the world, where would it be? <sighs> Probably starting off with the Netherlands. Um, just because, one, their soccer team in shambles, but when it was good, it was good. It was fun to watch. The people there seem really nice and just chill about stuff. If I had to choose a backup place, it'd probably be Italy. Um, I went to Little Italy uh, during the Euros. I think that was two years ago. Uh, Little Italy in uh, Windsor, Ontario. And we watched Italy play Spain, and Spain crushed them. But, like, before the game, the energy was, like, nuts. People were everywhere. People were spilling out into the streets, like, to watch soccer at a restaurant. And I was like, this is, like, a really nice. great atmosphere. Like, I can, I would love this so much. And then halftime came there, down 3-1, to one, and the one Spanish guy was laughing. It looked so funny. <laughs> People were, like, dejected, crying while I'm trying to eat my spaghetti and, like, totally eat. So, like, I was, I felt weird because I was still eating and everyone else was just crying. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 10, as we uh, come to the conclusion here of the, the looping automotive speed round, if you, if you could, couldn't watch soccer for another match the rest of your life, what sport would take its place? When I was younger, it would have been easily been American football, but like that, that sport is getting really hard to watch because uh, those, head, those concussions, head injuries, no. Yeah. Uh, it would probably be basketball, or I just wouldn't watch sports. That really would be it. It's either I'd watch basketball more, or I just would think I'm good. No well, that's it. For me. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard It's hard for me to get into sports now. I don't have to become like a sports, to give like a real honest answer. I don't become a sports writer. I cover mainly soccer, but I cover almost all sports. It's hard for me to watch a sport like actually like, get excited because i'm like oh i'm watching this game and now i'm breaking down stuff that's happening and now i'd be starting doing my job but it's not time to do my job and now i hate this so now <laughs> yeah like you can't help analyzing it like I, I watched my little brother play in high school and he's a forward and he came up, went up the field like he was just kind of lounging around and i'm trying to cheer him on and i'm also like man if he just made a cut here and cut back here I'm like, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be like, yo, yo, go do better. You don't do this. I'm not supposed to be like, hey, coach, let me call the next thing. You know, you should have a stack up like this. Because that's, that's a jerk. And I don't want to be, you know what, let me take that back. If I can watch another sport besides basketball, if it could be soccer, it could be basketball, or this might be a really douchey answer, ultimate frisbee. Yeah, okay. If ultimate frisbee was on, actually on television, not like on ESPN 25 or whatever, I would totally watch it. Because I played it for a little bit. Um, I actually have friends that play for the professional Ultimate League, which it's professional because they pay you. They don't even pay you enough. But, like, some of the people who play that sport are, like, super athletic. And it's very amazing to see those people prosper. It's also a really sexist game to a degree. A lot of the times you see some people not really welcoming of women playing in co-ed games. But, like, aside from those small moments of people being terrible, it's really amazing. I watched one dude go up and snag a disc with two fingers while being draped on by three people and still landed bounds. And I was like, yo, that's a football-esque play. Like, I, that's <laughs> amazing. If that's ESPN was out here play. watching this, they'd be like, look at this guy. But, like, I, 
I don't know. If I it. Uh, Ultimate I Frisbee is a pretty. That's a pretty obscure answer, man. That's good. I, I like it. Watch, I'll change it. I wouldn't no, watch sports. Good. Period. I'll, right. I wouldn't watch sports. That's it. <laughs> it's nope. hard. It's hard to decide. <laughs> well, man, th- thanks a ton, Fletch. We have uh, Fletcher. We have been on a quest to bring in other like-minded soccer folks. Uh, so we're super grateful to have the uh, the opportunity to to talk to you. We really appreciate you joining us on the show. Hey, and if for those folks that are listening, uh, that somehow we've not fully alienated over the past sixty six episodes, why don't you tell those those people how uh, how they can keep up with everything that you are doing uh, to write for the game? Um, you can go to Midfield Press, uh, which I guess I'm not going to spell it, but like you can Midfield press.com um you can follow me directly which i wouldn't totally recommend follow me directly at saint fdw on twitter or instagram or whatever but you know i mean or if you live in you know the closer midwest more michigan area which probably won't be likely but if you do come out to a to a dcfl game and look for the guy with the dreads with the really obscure number who just will not stop trying to back heel the people. <laughs> what, what is your number? Need. What is your number? I wear 88. Oh, that's um, sweet. All right. I don't, I, it's actually, I don't know why I got to 88. Actually, I do know why I got to 88. I was watching Inter Milan one day, and Hernanez took the field playing for them, and he couldn't wear 11 or 8, so he took 88, and I was like, I there want it. And nice. then I watched Seska Moscow play, and then uh, Dumbia went on the field, and he had 88. I'm like, it's a sign. That's my number. That's and then I found number. out that 88 is also the number... For like the Nazis, because eight is H, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." But now I can't change my jersey because I don't want to pay for another one. So I'm just kind of stuck. So I just hope that no one like racist comes out and sees them because I'm gonna make them really upset. I think, so like I don't. I know. think that's I think that's a pretty pretty obscure bit of trivia. <laughs> if, there you go. I mean, you know, that's just me. Well, cool, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, go on and uh, check out Midfield Press, everyone. Uh, again, thank you to Fletcher Sharp. It's great talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Fletcher. Well, wasn't that delightful, folks? That is all for tonight's show. Thanks again to Fletcher Sharp for joining us this week. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. Looking for something different to engage your taste buds? Check out the recently released Dakota Soul Check Pilsner. If you're looking for something to throw back while you're watching a few matches, this is it. Don't be a dummy and go get some right now, today. Memberships for 2018 have never been so tantalizing. Do yourself a favor, get that summit, but also get your your 2018 membership. And if not, um, if you don't have it already, go get signed up. It's it's the best deal in sports in town. Sixty dollars gets you a cool season pass uh, to up all upcoming city matches this summer, a fancy new membership scarf, and of course the ability to make what we have created your own. Do you like helping people? We do. But helping people sometimes comes at a cost, and we need your support. If you're looking to align yourselves with a fine group that loves to give back, you are in luck. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate with a safe, reliable place to play the beautiful game. It is also tax season, folks, so start thinking about those deductible donations and consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, we've made it super easy. Send us a note on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. Still waiting for that first email to come in from one of you. So <laughs> <laughs> two years in. <laughs> two years in. Still waiting on that. Maybe it'll happen this week. Um, and finally, as always, you can, hit, you can hit up the club at MPLS City SC. Again, that is all, folks. We once again leave you with our new house MC. This is the one, the only, the current Minneapolis City player, Miles Stockman Wills, with uh, who goes by the name of Me Lays with a track called Moves. I am John, that is Nate, and you are the people. Until next time, lovelies, please hold soccer close to your heart. You got hoofed. Motherfucker, just trust the process. Uh. All these dudes do is talk, so I'm not that talkative no. Too busy hitting blunts to my body deprived of oxygen yes. Solo dolo anonymous, skill is real like I'm Solomon I'm confident that we ain't the same like a homonym We're not. My girl just
just woke up looking like she modeling Feet up on the ottoman, about to feel her collagen In times of division and negatives, be positive Since a teenager, did it major like a college kid Thought I was the dean, getting debits, yeah, feel scheduled 16's worth 18 credits, got credentials Wallet filled, cream cheese, lettuce, bills, presidential Burning gas, unleaded, embedded in the mental I'm a rare thug, give the bag a bear hug Take the Donald's daughter and make her vacuum my prayer rug Ballin' excessive through 24s on a Roomba Equipped with extra batteries cause I got rooms bruh Boss among bosses, never have to be debriefed Not a man of many words, all my sentences are brief Give a rapper a halo, I'm like Commander Chief Have the music lit, the way that I be decoding beats Body coated, all in Gucci, lungs coated with the key up Stylin' on y'all with the stylin' Clorox wipes for the sneaks About to explore her sheets, broke I can't afford to be Smoking on a Christmas wreath, wrist look like a coral reef Ballet tried to kill himself, the way he's suicidal I appear in the club like I'm scuba diving Fly no autopilot, making moves in private Treat her like I don't need her, my main bitch more like a sidekick Can't wait to meet my maker Maybe then become the savior Shawty thinks that I can save her Cause I never shop at savers But the way she sucking on me Thought I was a lifesaver Never get blue balls Only blue on me is on the paper Soul blacker than Kodak Throwback in a throwback Cut me down I just grow back Giving facts and you know that Ride it like she on horseback Life a movie like Bojack All this lean on me no fat Pimping shit sipping cognac With a big old rock Resting on my nuts Got me Doing pinky ups, three bills on the custom chucks. Thinking about haters, wishing there was a new emoji. Thinking about my ice, wishing I had a Zamboni. Fiending for the power, Demaculate sitting on the throne. Meditating in a mandala made out of cobblestone. Get a million dollars, couple friends that I could probably phone. Turn the crib to the Middle East, the way I'm getting stoned, bros. In my zone, always alone. Future sown in my bones, leapfrogging over stepping stones. To each his own, but boy, you better check your tone. My life a work in progress, still I'm shining like construction cones. So incredible that they still waiting for the sequel. Like a scaling triangle, cause I don't really have no equal. Look at the money like high bag, grinding till I say high sway. Doing me like do ray in a supreme north face. Get to home base, no foreplay. Asshole in my aura, flow is swimming like orcas. Freely wink, call me Oprah. Have my mom's off the coast up. Brazil chilling with Costa. Rudy drink on her coast up. Glossing out all that Oprah. I got the moves. I got the moves. You finna lose. I make beginners lose. Yeah. I make the masters lose. Yeah. I make the legends lose. Yeah. I make the game lose. I got the moves. I got the moves. I got the moves. I got the moves. You finna lose. You finna lose. You finna lose. I make beginners lose. Beginners lose. I make the masters lose. I make the legends lose. Legends lose. I make the game lose. Game lose. I got the moves.